Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It is a new year, so how about a new you? That's right, how about some new clothes from Leon Tailoring? Something ready-made, something custom-made, or something tailor-made. No matter what it is that you're looking for, they can put it together for you at Leon Tailoring. Or maybe you have goals to lose some weight and the clothes don't fit as well as they used to. Well, Leon Tailoring can take care of that. Or maybe you gained a couple of pounds over the holiday season. Well, Leon Tailoring, they can take care of that too. Notice the pattern here, Leon Tailoring, they can sort of take care of everything. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, say hi to Larry, Kim, and Judy, and tell them Abdul Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Well, the U.S. Supreme Court this week heard arguments on Facebook and Twitter and social media. Are they publishers or are they platforms? In English, what that basically means is can social media platforms discriminate based on political affiliation? In other words, if you're conservative or liberal and you write something, they take it down. Is that discrimination or do you have a right uh, to be on social media? So to talk talk about this is our social media guru expert, our good friend Chris Spangle, known Chris Spangle for 20 years. He does the Chris Spangle show that we are libertarians platform. He's also a podcaster and social media guru in his own right. So Chris, my friend, thank you very much for being with us, old friend. Always good to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always uh, great to talk to you, but it's better to see your face. <laughs> hey, no worries, my friend. So uh, let's start our conversation. Um, when we talk about social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, or X, or whatever you call it these days, or, or Parler, or whatever, uh, do, they, do social media companies, in your opinion, have a right to discriminate against you know, content? Do I have a right to let you in my house if I want or not? <laughs> I, I, uh, you're asking a libertarian, and the foundation of libertarianism is property rights. You know, private property and then voluntary association when interacting with that private property. And uh, I tend to take the side of the uh, the folks that are suing Texas and Florida in this case, because what they're saying is they it's their property. They have a right to do with it what they will. And I think we're in a different era. This is sort of one of these tired talking points that really worked in 2016, 2017, maybe 2018. But uh, social media censorship, I think, has kind of run its course as a talking point. And uh, you, you didn't even really hear in the debates, in that first debate amongst all the Republican presidential candidates, they never used the word woke. They never talked about cancel culture. <clears throat> and I think they're always lagging indicators, politicians. They talk about things that people want to hear. I think everybody sort of realizes, like, look, this is just how it is. Start your own. Rumble has done a great job of coming on and being a really strong competitor to YouTube for conservative voices. You know, you, Truth Social, I think the bid recently for it was had a B in front of it, right? So there's a lot more alternatives than when this talking point really worked in 2017. And if you don't like it, just change the channel, right? Isn't that what we always said back in the old days during the Janet Jackson stuff? Exactly. And also, uh, too, I, I remind people uh, that at the end of the day, if you were to allow, if you were to prohibit uh, social media platforms from discriminating against political points of view, then that, that to a certain degree, Chris, I could argue that, hey, guess what? That means no more political discussion, which means basically it's just pictures of cats playing the piano. Right. They just removed news and political discussion from social media in Canada altogether. And I don't know how that benefits society. I sort of look at this like the fairness doctrine. You know, the fairness doctrine was enacted, I think, in 42, you know, when there wasn't really television. All you had was newspapers and radio. And it was a very powerful form of medium, uh, a powerful medium. Obviously, we saw that with FDR and uh, Hitler in Germany used radio extensively to, to gain a lot of power, and that's because it was all there was, right? We don't have that now. You don't have just a t Facebook and a Twitter. 
you have a Facebook, a Twitter, a Truth Social, YouTube, a podcast, uh, you know, broadcast television. You can get a single cable channel on 15 different ways now, right? So there's so many different ways to access information. And I just find it really odd that conservatives are trying to argue for a fairness doctrine for the Internet. So you essentially have, uh, for those that don't know, the fairness doctrine basically said you had to give equal time to all parties. And then when the fairness doctrine was eventually repealed, that opened the doors for uh, conservative talk radio, which obviously led to the Reagan revolution. It led to whatever we have with Trump. Uh, But this is a form of the fairness doctrine where you're saying to these companies, you must use your property to speak the way that we think you ought to speak. And they're trying to argue that these are common carriers, like a, like a cell, like a cell phone company. And that just doesn't make any sense. I I tend to side with the argument that they're more editorial and that they're making decisions using mass uh, AI driven algorithmic uh, censorship. Although it's not censorship, it's more of an editorial decision, right? They don't want pornography. They don't want violent, conversation. They don't want racism on their platforms. And they have every right to do that. It's their house. They bought the servers. They pay for the employees to make this happen. And when they go away, society's probably going to be better off for it. It's not a utility. It's not the same thing. And I think to argue that you need to regulate them like a utility just sort of smacks like a conservative fairness doctrine, which I wouldn't be in favor of in any way. Our guest on the program today is our good friend Chris Spangle, Chris, the host of Chris Spangle Show on the We Are Libertarians uh, social media platform. Chris also, he and I have known each other for 20 years since I came to Indiana uh, back in 2004. Chris, I thought it was interesting because that, that whole argument about, uh, you know, these are, you know, uh, it's like a cell phone or, 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 or maybe like a telephone. They say, well, you know, telephones, they can't discriminate, you know, based on your conversation. It's like, well, but the purpose of a telephone conversation is different than the purpose of a social media platform. Right. Yeah. And they sort of, the law is very vague. And this is something that it's actually being argued on uh, Monday, February 26th. And what, what happened in the arguments was multiple justices picking apart a, defi- a definition of like, what does this service entail? Does that entail Amazon Web Services, which powers a lot of the Internet? I mean, <laughs> a pretty big majority of the Internet at this point. Does a government have a right to then censor Amazon Web Services? Or what about Etsy? Is Etsy one of these common carrier platforms where people sign up and sell goods? Do you then have a right to censor what T-shirts are then sold? Right? Do you have? Uh, do you then has a state have a right to control Uber and what drivers they have and what what they use? So you started to see the nebulous uh, argument here by these states where. They're doing something that I see Joe Biden do a lot, for instance, like with his vaccine mandate. He knew that it was never going to actually hold up in courts, but he knew it would be very popular with the media and uh, majority of the country if he passed some sort of vaccine mandate for businesses. And then he expected the court to strike it down, which they dutifully did. And so you see right and left politicians continually passing all of these laws that they know the courts will then strike down. And you never hear about the court striking it down a year later. That moment has passed, but they got the temporary boost. You know, the forgiveness for student loans, uh, it was a little bit of that for Joe Biden as well. He's doing it a lot more than conservatives. 
But this is what it is. It's really trying to appeal to their base and for someone like Ken Paxson to look like he's doing something in Texas. You know, Ron DeSantis, as he tees up to run for president, passed this. And so he can then say, look, I, I've taken them on. Well, that didn't really work. Ron's back in Florida <laughs> enjoying a mojito. Um, but the dangers of it actually working and the Supreme Court siding with them have far-reaching effects beyond just the three social media companies that we talk about. And that's why it's really dangerous. And this is an argument I made to conservative friends time and time again. You never want to empower the greater censor in uh, service of punishing the smaller censor. And yes, these social media companies have, I mean, they've, they've materially harmed my business at We Are Libertarians by taking our Facebook group over dumb memes. Um, you know, but they have a right to do that. And I was stupid to build my house in their, in their sandbox. Uh, but I don't want to empower the government to have tools that they shouldn't have. And then everybody gets hurt permanently in a way that they can't repeal uh, because I want to punish somebody that hurt my feelings because they took down a meme. Our guests on the program today is our good friend Chris Spangle, uh, host of Chris Spangle Show on the We Are Libertarian social media platform. So we're talking about the Supreme Court decision uh, that some of you folks may be familiar with that we heard on Monday about uh, challenging whether when social media social media companies take down content, or uh, for example, mostly political content, uh, are they discriminated against political speech? So we're having a good conversation about all that. Chris, another thing I thought was interesting too uh, in this whole uh, platform discussion, uh, and you said it earlier. Uh, sort of how uh, politicians t- tend to be sort of lagging uh, when it comes to social media. They're, they're having arguments that we had like, you no know, eight, nine, ten years ago. <laughs> right. What, what does it tell you that on a Supreme Court uh, with justices who, you know, some of them are, you know, let's, let's face it, you know, kind of up there, uh, that may not understand exactly, okay, so what is this ex-Twitter Elon Musk thing going on here? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with trying to sort society through the government to begin with, because uh, the government is slow by design. That was the way that the founders designed our government, is that it would it would sort of insulate us from the wild passions of the public, which we seem to live in thanks to social media. And it's meant to be slow. It's meant to uh, take its time. And eight years after a subject comes up, it's thoughtfully and carefully considered at the Supreme Court, having been through multiple courts and decided on and thought through. Like, that's that's all really good, right? It, it doesn't feel good a lot of times in talk radio land um, or on, I don't know, I don't know what the liberal version of that is, right? Um, but that's the way that it's designed. And, and you have senators who craft these policies who don't understand how it works, And if they do understand how it works, it's usually because a lobbyist group paid for them to understand how it works. And the effects of such a law then have these unintended consequences that they didn't anticipate and are worse than the original effects. So that's the problem of trying to organize through government as opposed to solving a problem by profit through businesses and the marketplace or solving a problem through compassion using civil society and, uh, you know, neighborhoods, family, nonprofits. That's what makes up civil society. So we've got to be really careful about what we ask our politicians to do and what we push them to do, and uh, because that, that oftentimes is permanent. Look at the AUMF in Iraq and Afghanistan. We're not even at war in those countries, but there's still a law that says they can spend money to bomb whatever country they want. 
You know, Edward Snowden exposed uh, massive amounts of lies in terms of domestic spying. Well, everybody shrugged their shoulders and went, well, that's that's terrible. And then it's still here. This phone call is being recorded. So we've got to be very, very careful about what we ask our politicians to do and who we who we actually elect. Also, Chris, you also bring up an interesting, an interesting point. I want to uh, explore this with a little bit. Uh, like I said, no, the, the argument that uh, – the say social media was kind of like say maybe like the telephone or the cell phone, you know, twenty years ago. Not many people had them, you know. Now they've got them, and so that so that is what uh, makes the, the government regulation that much more important. The fact that so many people, you know, are on social media. It's how we dis- how we disseminate information. It's like it's like the it's like the electric company. It's like the gas company, and it's like your cell phone company. And and right. and also, uh, and I could tell by look on your face, you ain't buying none of that. No. I mean, everything I do for a living didn't exist when I graduated high school in 2002. And it's because government regulation can't keep up with innovation in the tech space. And that's a good thing, right? There are negative effects to it. But think of how many trillions of dollars are made in terms of people having new opportunities, new jobs, new problems being identified, and then new businesses and new nonprofits being formed to solve those solutions. Like, we live in a great age, uh, as Louis C.K. said, we're flying through a chair in the air and nobody's happy, um, you know, and uh, this this push from both the left and the right to get their arms around it and try to control it, I think, is incredibly dangerous because they really just want us to live as they see fit, as opposed to this great age when we can start to, you know, live as we want and and voluntarily associate with each other as opposed to being forced to uh, publish the rantings of a candidate that we don't agree with, that we don't think, you know. Um, the, you know, I'd, I'd also say with the Florida law or Texas and, and some of this stuff, you know, conservatives say, oh, we're being censored. But when you really look at the censorship, it's not like these – platforms are pulling them off for talking about isn't tucker cross like one of the biggest people on social media these days yeah right like ben shapiro is number one on facebook and has been for years right so they're they rule social media and that's really where like they'd be the first to go which is why it doesn't make sense um uh, and i was moving towards a point but i forget what it was like the reality is conservatives do thrive in these environments and why they'd want to materially change that and hurt themselves doesn't make any sense to me because it's given them the counterbalance of the New York times. Like people who complain about the mainstream media. Now I just laugh at them. Like that doesn't exist. All that's going to matter in two to 10 years, Abdul is who, you know, in person, because everything online is going to be AI generated, lacking the human touch it's going to be unbelievable, literally. Like, who you know in person and inter- interpersonal groups, I just think is going to have such incredible importance. Uh, and, you know, with the development of AI and its rapid rise, that's really what's going to matter. So, Chris, uh, final question for you, my friend. So what do you see uh, the future of social media being, at least in the short run, as far as government regulations go? Well, this Supreme Court struck down challenges to Section 230 and said we're not changing it. Section 230 basically says, look, they're not legally liable for what I say on their platform. Um, And I I don't see that changing. Um, I don't think that the Supreme Court is going to rule in favor of these two companies. You know, you have a pretty strong libertarian streak in a lot of the conservative justices. 
on free speech, you're obviously going to get that with the more progressive leaning judge justices. Uh, and they've already upheld to Section 230. So I think in terms of legal challenges, you'll continue to see this biting at the apple from the left and the right. But money rules. They have a lot of money to argue that please don't change anything. Uh, you know, and if you are going to write regulations, let us write it so we can cement our position. So I wouldn't expect a big change. I wouldn't expect a lot of change at all on a legal front. Um, but I do think you're going to see more and more people moving off social media. Uh, I run big Facebook pages, and I can tell you the amount of deactivations for people just shutting all of this off over the last year or two has been huge. And you're going to see a big push for people meeting in person moving forward, especially as AI just sort of clogs the tubes with a lot of cholesterol <laughs> and, and just junk that people don't actually want. All right. We're our guests on the program today talking about social media and the Supreme Court uh, hearings this week. Our good friend Chris Spangle. Chris Spangle does the Chris Spangle show on the We Are Libertarians podcast. Uh, we are libertarians.com.org.net. Whatever the hell that is. Chris, my friend. Google us. Uh, exactly. Always good to talk to you, my friend. All right. Thanks, Abdul. Appreciate it. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.